This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful Father's Day episode. As I honor my father, the late Clarence Chisholm Sr., I wrote this poem, From Your Daughter to My Father. Dear Daddy, I need you, my first real love. When interacting with others, your teaching's the one I think of. How you opened the door, pulled out our chairs. Times I was sad and disappointed. You were always, always there. Speaking encouraging, comforting, gentle, kind words. Understanding on your face, whispering peace that I heard. Just your presence alone made me feel safe, no doubt. How you showed up when I needed you, no worries about. Times I shed tears and you knew just what to say. When it rained and I complained on my wedding day. How you worked so hard and sacrificed for us. Coming home late, tired, and hungry, you never made a fuss. To your kindness, dedication, none could ever compare. For you never letting us down to the perfect end, you were always there. To God and thine own self, you always stayed true. For your family, your children, there was nothing you would not do. Of course, legal, moral, and ethics abode. A black boy whose mother died early, a difficult road. Thank God your grandparents saw fit to raise you. Those who uplifted, prayed for, and spoke blessings too. Through God's grace and mercy, you were taught what to do. Had you depended on parents, you wouldn't have a clue. Became a strong, devoted man, for family provided a good life. Through hard times and pressing situations, stayed with your wife. You came, you lived, you loved, made memories and died. Created 11 to carry on legacy and a strong, life-loving pride. Thanks for being a good husband and father. You mean the world to me. Self-esteem you instilled, loving relationships you build, taught us to be all that we could be. Not that you were perfect, God knows you were not, but worked hard to keep our family together, no matter how tough it got. I love you, Daddy, to the moon and back, and around the world again. So much more I could say about you, gotta bring this to an end. I could go on and on and on, but there's no need to bother. Loving and still missing you, Daddy, from your daughter to my father. As Father's Day approaches, I am inclined to give honor to my dad, the finest man and father I've ever known. I say that with so much love and pride that it moves me to tears because my youngest son, who's 23 and bears my dad's name, was born three months after daddy passed. It is amazing how much he has in common with my dad down to his looks, yet he never met dad. I love my dad unconditionally, and in an effort to remain transparent for all the naysayers, dad was not perfect. He made mistakes, he had flaws, but he was the perfect daddy for me. I had to preface my discussion of dad this way, because he was such a good man that I do not want anyone to say he was too good to be true. I, along with my siblings, are living proof that dad was here and bore exceptional fruit. My dad was a strong man, a great provider, a devoted father and husband, a friend, a brother, solid worker, a respected mason, an avid hunter, and a dedicated role model. I am quick to point out that in spite of all of that, my dad was not perfect, but he was the perfect father for me. I'm talking about my dad today because it's Father's Day, and I want to honor the man who taught me what a father, 
a good father looks like. May 23rd was daddy's 79th birthday. Had he not transitioned 23 years, 5 months, and 14 days ago, he would have been a good-looking 79-year young man. Dad had beautiful, straight, white teeth, a bright smile, a friendly demeanor, and a joyful spirit. I can't really think about Dad without hearing him tell one of his jokes or sharing one of his memories. And each time that I hear the story, it is as exciting and funny as the first time that I heard them utter. Daddy had a way of getting excited when he spoke that would demand everyone else become excited as well. He often spoke rich words of wisdom with eyes bright and wide. Dad fathered 11 children, four boys and seven girls. I cannot remember Daddy ever telling us no. If we made the request, I believe Dad felt it was his mission to accommodate us. I am certain that my daddy played a large role in my career choice as a teacher. You see, when I looked up the term great teacher and excellent parent, I learned that the two definitions were so close they could truly be used interchangeably. After all, each was described as one who formed strong relationships with their children and showed with their actions a deep sense of care. The terms parallel common characteristics. Teachers are warm, enthusiastic, kind, and caring towards their students. In Daddy's case, Daddy is warm, enthusiastic, kind, and caring towards his children. Dad had a kind, inviting spirit and a big personality to match. He did not mind talking or sharing. And the older I get, the more of Dad's big, bright spirit I realize I've inherited. Certainly, I am my father's daughter, and Dad was the second half of the loving, dynamic duo that birthed and reared me. He and my mom did a phenomenal job of tag-teaming the duties and responsibilities that came with having a large family. I recall always having both needs and many wants met. Mom cooking and serving dinner was a daily occurrence. I used to love hearing Daddy's truck coming up in the yard. He might spend a little time outdoors as he worked as a business owner and operated his own landscaping business. But Dad, also an avid hunter, would spend a bit of time attending to his hunting dogs before coming in for the evening. I can remember the names of three of his dogs, Big Boy, Kelly, and Dan. Dad loved those dogs and treated them like his four-legged kids. By the time Dad would come into the house, he would head straight to the shower and only came out once he was clean, smelling fresh, and ready to spend time with the family. Dad smiled a lot and always had a colorful way of sharing about some event that took place during his day. Mom would deliver his dinner plate to the family room right in the presence of the big screen TV, where he would always comment on the contents of the news. I'm sure that if he were alive today, he would be beside himself with the current events of our world and within our country. I must say, Dad was very smart, He would drop little nuggets as he talked with us. I understood that he was both street smart as well as book smart. I learned that he was a spelling bee champ and an excellent math student in school, doing a great deal of his problem solving mentally, a lot like my sister, who started with an accounting degree and has been blessed to manage several banks. My youngest son, middle named after dad, we call him a numbers man is also one who finds mental math a real strength and trades on the foreign exchange market. 
As I look around, it is hard to refuse dad's presence, or at the very least, his influence. My eldest brother, who worked and was groomed by dad, now has his own landscaping business, as well as my youngest brother followed in the same footsteps with performing detailing and specialized services in various landscape duties. Every one of my siblings believe in working and work hard to care for themselves and their families. Like the men my dad raised, none of my brothers have abandoned or pretend their children don't exist. But there again, accepted or not, these are learned behaviors from my dad. My sisters and I have probably been challenged, at the least, with finding suitable husbands. As they say, every girl marries her father. By now you must know my dad is a tough act to follow. I won't say I'm high maintenance, but blessed, not spoiled but rather making known high expectations of a husband while I'm willing to hold myself accountable to the same high expectations as well. I must say I thank God for my husband, a good man, a stand-up guy, an excellent father. Just for the record, my husband, like my dad, is not perfect, neither am I, but he's perfect for me. Yes, he did ask my dad to marry his daughter, and I'm grateful that dad did not run him away. Happy Father's Day, honey. Anyone who knew my dad knew that he was a hard, dedicated worker, a kind man, and an awesome friend. When I was a little girl, maybe about four years old, I can remember my dad coming home from Texas. He had been the captain for some years of a commercial fishing vessel out in the Yucatan Peninsula, a beautiful body of water for deep-sea fishing in Mexico. I could listen to Daddy tell stories about those adventures for hours because they never got old. He said he knew it was time to come home off the water for good when I appeared not to really know him upon his arrival during a visit home. I understand his work was yielding the revenue needed to take care of his family, but my father realized that the demands of the family took precedence and would have to be met with him at home with his wife and children rather than out on the waters in Mexico for months at a time. Dad then utilized some of his earnings, and as an entrepreneur, he launched the landscaping business that would afford him the opportunity to be at home with his wife and father his children. Hence, Chisholm's Landscaping was born. I sometimes believe even suspect dad extended extra generosities as he might do little odds and ends for his clients and not add the extra charges to the bills. His customers, as I've met a few, loved and swore by him as well. However, some may say that this is a small investment to doing good business or showing appreciation to faithful patrons. At any rate, dad was always an excellent provider, even up until his passing. I can say this without checking with mom or anyone else because dad took extraordinary care of me. As I said, I have never heard my dad say no when it came to his children making requests. Now to think back, I know this must have been a huge feat because there were eight of us in the home and three outside of our home. No, I did not say half siblings as I believe such a term, step or half sister or brother is an oxymoron Either we are siblings, holistically, or not at all. I don't believe in half-siblings, as the thought is ridiculous to me. It reminds me of being half-pregnant. But there is no such state. Either you are or you are not. 
At any rate, God must have granted dad double for his trouble. I've never heard he and mom arguing or yelling about money, who gets what or what they were short of. In my 52 years of living, I've seen people with a single child who could not pull it all together to take care of just that one child. Here I watched my dad work five days a week from early in the mornings until sometimes dusk and even dark to provide for us all. And dad performed his fatherly duties without complaining, hiding, pretending he could not do it, or as I've heard some men say, I've got to have something for myself. Dad gave unselfishly, constantly, without fail. Dad was not overly affectionate, as neither of my parents were. I believe it may have had something to do with how they were raised, as I never saw open displays of affection between the two of them. Mom and dad, that is. However, what I did experience was the show of love so strong, that intangible love that is only expressed tangibly. You see, dad did not go around saying, I love you. Dad lived his life showing and sharing a whole lot of love, unwavering love. As a little girl, I can remember my siblings and me running around on the beach where dad took us or dad would take us, especially on a 4th of July and sometimes on hot summer days. Dad would purchase light fireworks, purchase and light those fireworks for our amusement. I can remember my dad, an excellent dancer, dancing around. I also recall us walking up the steps of the Savannah Civic Center where dad would take us to see the wrestlers up close and personal. He was an avid wrestling fan. Memories of the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus or the annual state fair in Savannah all bring back fond memories of my daddy and I still see dad smile flashing pretty white teeth and bright eyes. It seemed to bring him joy to see us happy, innocent, and running around, as children should. I remember Dad purchasing a miniature pony for my big brother, who named him Kokomo, after which we took turns going on horse-drawn carriages, uh, carriage rides, that is, down dirt roads in Bagal. Young folks call it the Bay Area. I even remember my dad bursting with pride when my youngest brother, Daryl, ran touchdowns while playing football on Barker Field or Gators Field on Hilton Head. Only home folks could relate to that. Memories of mom and dad standing beside me as I was crowned my college's queen still humble me because no one knows how much dad instilled the confidence that I had, the same confidence that I will carry to the grave. He built me up even when others called me black or dark. Yes, I am a black or African-American female, but a dark, dark chocolate girl. A stigma that children and some ignorant adults might use as a basis to hurt or hurl hurtful insults. By the time my dad got through explaining the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice, and black is beautiful, I guess I started believing his words, which resounded more loudly in my head than any other voices ever could. Dad made me understand that my black was unique, God-given, and so beautiful. Thanks, Daddy. Now I realized those words and the way Dad treated me really built my confidence. God blessed me with the father I needed to build my self-esteem. As I conducted research, I learned that a girl's self-esteem is a father's mission, even if he does not know it. As a doctoral candidate, 
My academic and professional writing was grounded in research. You see, the love between a father and a daughter is an unspoken language that defines how she will perceive other men. Daddy, he is the one who makes her understand who she is in a love relationship, how she sees herself, how she should be treated, and even her responsibility and commitment to the man she loves, but more importantly, to herself. Dad provides a gauge of accountability that tempers her understanding of an ability to emphasize or empathize with opposite sex. Some have gone as far as to say all girls marry their fathers. That is, if she really knows him. The flip side to that statement, every son or boy becomes the man his mother makes him. Oh yes, he watches and learns from his father, but mom grooms him with interaction and spoken, sometimes unspoken expectations. Because the real revelation is gleaned from the interactions and social norms he witnesses between mom and dad. Of course, in too many cases, such is completely absent, causing girls and boys to chart their own course, oftentimes leading to a course of confusion. Okay, enough sociological uh, understandings. I think you get the message. Fathers are extremely important to a girl's self-esteem and to a son's self-perception and proper behaviors. I recall graduating from high school in 1985. And mom and dad bought me a 1985 Toyota Corolla, which I drove back and forth to college. God, I love that little car. It was awkward, though, to me that my peers would always be seeking or asking for money from any and everywhere. And oftentimes could not afford a three or four dollar meal of chicken wings and Chinese rice, a very popular meal back during college days. I was so blessed with a father who faithfully sent money every week by way of Western Union to ensure that I had all that I needed, never having to beg, borrow, or go without anything I needed or wanted for that matter. Money was provided that I never had to call home and ask for. You see, Dad would have my mom call me on Friday mornings. I can still hear the phone in the dormitory hall ringing. Someone would either yell for me or knock on my door. I'd hear my mom's voice say, Your daddy said, go to Western Union and pick up your money. He's already sent it. I praise God for giving me a caring, devoted father. His actions spoke louder than any words he's ever uttered. As a result of my dad's heartfelt love throughout my entire life, I ache for my students who have never experienced such attentive love and care at the tender ages of 11, 12, 13, and 14 years old. They have missed out at the least, and too often that very lack of a good father, father's relationship leaves our children devoid of proper interactions with the opposite sex, both girls and boys. I praise God for my relationship with my dad. It provided me a compass that directed proper relationships, but also guided me away from some unnecessary, possibly painful situations in my life. After graduating college, I moved to Atlanta and started working. However, upon arriving in Atlanta, Dad paid my rent and continued to do so for at least a year while still taking care of his duties and responsibilities to his household. I might add, if I ran into an issue, financial or otherwise, 
dad still attended to my needs, even after I was working and gainfully employed, a full grown-up woman. Yet, I would always be my daddy's little girl, and for me, that suit me just fine. Dad's wisdom ran deep, and he was extremely protective of his children. He spent his life giving us a better life, and in spite of the number of children he had, we can never say we enjoyed the benefits of welfare or food stamps. The fancy new name, EBT. No shade intended. I'm just pointing out that Dad did not continue to procreate and then look to the state or some government agency to take care of his responsibilities. He worked hard and took care of his own, as I believe respectful, responsible men must do. Those who should so rightfully enjoy the title of father and the celebration of Father's Day, for that I love, respect, and will always honor my daddy. When I inquired of my mom about having so many children, mom said she's always loved children and always wanted to have at least 10 of them. God bless you, mom. Please know that she too worked and even hosted a state-approved child care facility in the home where she lovingly cared for the babies, toddlers, and little ones of others. Of course, we, with the exception of my youngest, my two youngest siblings, we were all grown up and out of the house by then. One of dad's favorite poems that he knew by heart and recited often, if a task is once begun, never leave it till it's done. Be the labor great or small, do it well or not at all. I never paid daddy too much attention during those times that he sat in the family room and openly recited those words. However, today those words make sense and mean so much to me as they describe my dad's mindset. He believed in doing a thing or task well or to completion or not even bothering to get started with it at all. Dad was never one to quit. He believed that once he started, he could only remain true to himself and to his family if he provided the best care as a husband and a father to perfect completion. And my dad did that. I've never heard him brag or boast about doing what was just and right. Just like my older brother, Clarence Jr., my youngest brother, Daryl, or even my late brother, John. These men worked and Clarence and Daryl still work hard to protect and support all that they love. These, of course, remain a positive testament to who my dad was and what his actions have taught each of us about standing in our own truths and functioning properly and justly to care for those who must be able to depend on us for survival. To another extreme, I can recall one of my unmarried sisters who never required the father of her own son to pay child support, a decision with which I vehemently disagreed. However, as hindsight is twenty twenty, I understand that just as I see my dad, I do not believe that any man who refuses to take care of his own child, his seed, is worth the time, attention, or headache it takes to contract a third party to locate and force one who calls himself a man to act as a man and take care of his own child. So sorry, I objected, sis. I apologize for feeling you were wrong when you simply watched our dad long enough to realize that no real man should ever need to be forced to take care of his own child. 
By the way, that sister, not the state, took care of her own as well. Because we experienced a real dad, our devoted father, it becomes difficult, even demeaning to have the authorities chase or demand that the father of our children do what real men know is the right thing to do. I believe the title father should only be reserved for and conveyed upon those fearless men who actually father children. No, I'm not talking about planting the seed that yields a child. From my vantage point, there are many seed planters, as even dogs, cats, and farmers all plant seeds. But I'm speaking of the male who follows through after that seed becomes a moving, living, growing person. That seed planter then works and provides resources necessary to water, nurture, encourage, motivate, feed, show love, and unwavering support that that new being requires to grow and develop to his or her full potential. Now, some say to only 18 years of age, to each his own. However, some children, many children, more children than not, may require mom and dad's attention and assistance even beyond that threshold. Fathers, I'm just saying, at the very least, get your seed to a place of independence. Then you can truly rejoice about being a father. You see, the term father is both a subject and a verb. After all, real fathers, the subject, father, the verb, their children. Real fathers father their children. Then I will move one step further and urge women to stop giving men the title that he does not, I repeat, does not deserve. If he has been missing in action from the time the baby was born, or even worse, conceived, and has not yet shown up to make it right for your child with whom you struggle all by yourself to provide to provide their needs, you can say, that's just my baby's daddy. Because a father, a real father, does so much more than plant the seed and celebrate with a cigar or drinks. No, ma'am, according to Proverbs 22 and 6, fathers and mothers are a child's first teacher. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 3, fathers exemplify in person a good, godly life. They model expectations for the children. 1 Timothy 5 and 8, they provide for the family. Of course, the children must eat just as the father does. Proverbs 13 and 24, fathers discipline their children. The word is chastise, which is correction with love, to show love. In other words, love your child enough to not allow him or her to continue in error, but of co- but on course. Of course, Daddy, you would have to be around your child to be aware of or familiar with the various needs of that child. Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6 through the 9th verse. Father, spend time engaging, that is, communicating with your children to impart wisdom for life. Luke 15th chapter 20th through the 24th verses. Fathers allow their children to make mistakes, but love so strongly that he never gives up, accepting that same child who has messed up, building him or her accountable, holding him or her accountable, and deliver discipline, but still loving, lovingly stand with his child. I don't like what you've done, a father might say but I still love you more than ever and really mean it. 1 Corinthians 29 and 19. 
fathers continually pray for their children. See, even God's word speaks of a father being present, actively involved in every aspect of a child's life. There is no such thing as an absent father, according to God's word. Fathers are present, hands-on, personal providers, self-sacrificing to ensure resources, solving problems, and fulfilling needs. I did not say he was perfect because my father was not, but he was present and prayerfully, if you call a man the father, he should be making provisions, even if it proves to be a sacrifice. If he is eating and living in semi-decent shelter, so should the child he fathered. Ladies, stop being that sister who utilizes state-provided resources that are being made available for you to feed the child, his child, that he, the baby's daddy, won't support to feed that man, the father who won't be a father. Even the word of God in 2 Thessalonians 3rd chapter 10th verse has said, if a man refuses to work, he should not eat. How do you then turn around and honor him as a father? Just a thought for you to contemplate. The more I think of my dad, the more I am in love with who he was and who his example has caused every one of his children to become. Dad was the proud, loving father of 11 children. A few days before dad died, he went out on a hunting trip, a trip that neither I nor my mother thought he should take. I really believe that people often know when they are about to transition. Dad had not been feeling his best, and due to his complications with sarcoidosis, the doctor ordered that he maintain oxygen at all times, everywhere, without saying anything. I knew that was a hard blow for my independent, extremely active, hardworking, no excuses, love to dance, fishing, and game hunting dad. An oxygen tank seemed so confining and really did not fit my dad, not his free spirit. But this particular day, dad went hunting and stayed so long, so late, that I can recall my mother, this strong woman of faith, calling my house and expressing how she was concerned because dad had been gone for far too long. I knew she was concerned, but not knowing exactly where he went hunting, did not lend itself to me sending my husband out to check on him. I can only imagine the time he spent out in the woods listening to the birds and the soothing sounds of the forest as he possibly talked to God or made his peace with not being able to return to the place, that place, where he did his most favorite thing in the world, hunting. I'm certain that his time spent proved valuable, cleansing, and was quite possibly bittersweet. Because hunting was my dad for as long as I can remember. He ate, slept, and breathed hunting. My daddy was an avid hunter from his youth. So guns and teaching my brothers to shoot and hunt was just a part of what dad taught his boys. I believe all of my brothers, with the exception of my late brother Derek, DJ that is, were taught to shoot a gun and went hunting with dad. Eventually, after dark, however, mom called to say he had just gotten in. I'm sure the same took a toll on his body. Was probably too much for my dad. That next Saturday morning, my dad, our father, and patriarch transitioned. On that Saturday morning, January 4th, 1997, a piece of my heart was torn away. 
We grieved as a family, but due to the teachings of my mom, my strong, faithful mother, and the beautiful, colorful, loving memories of my dad, we know or we knew that dad expected us to carry on, take care of mom, and fulfill our purpose. Living life with purpose and on purpose is what he did, and those were his expectations for each of us. When faced with challenges, as so often life will bring me, I find myself whispering, if a task is once begun, never leave it till it's done. Be the labor great or small, do it well or not at all. Thanks, Daddy. Happy Heavenly Father's Day. We honor you. God saw fit to bless us right from the start. We are the children and offspring of a dedicated patriarch. Was never too busy to show kindness and love, given proper directions right from God above. Dad trained us up in the way we should go, gave us guidance and support he'd never know. Raised by grandparents who did the best they could do, took on the role of husband and father without a single clue. Along the way made mistakes, messed up, but worked and accepted without making a fuss. To all the fathers that father their children, I say, we love and respect you. You've earned the title father. So happy Father's Day. While I give special love, honor, and dedication to my father, the late Clarence Chisholm Sr., I honor every man who rightfully wears the title of father on this lovely Father's Day episode. As the title itself demands honor, happy Father's Day to every father as it is a God-ordained honor to be a father. To all who rightfully wear the title of father, God bless each of you. Well, family, that is number seven of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. I thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. I pray that my words have achieved my desire in honor of my father to uplift, encourage, and inspire every father everywhere today. Please be sure to comment, question, or suggest a topic that you'd like to explore in the near future. Who knows? You might just end up being a guest on an upcoming episode. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world, looking forward to each of you. As always, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.